Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. All right. Well, we are in a series called Living the Intentional Life, and um, this is this is uh, message number seven as we're doing a study through the book of James. This is mess- Actually, this is message number nine, not seven, but there's five chapters in the book of James, and this is the ninth message, um, and so I think we've gotten quite a bit out of it. If you've enjoyed this series, just let me know if you will. Let the Lord know. That would be great. Nobody enjoyed this series. Okay. And, and that is a sympath- that's a sympathy clap. That was a sympathy. We don't want Pastor to go away feeling bad. Nobody's really enjoyed this. You know, I, I, I love the book of James because James is oftentimes considered the Proverbs of the New Testament, right? And, um, and when I read the book of James, unlike, uh, there's very few books that every single time that I read out of that book, um, the Lord has something special for me. And, um, and God's word is just like that, right? It's living. But, uh, um, hey, guys, real quick, I want to give another testimony before we dive in um, to the last message of this series today. So last week, I really felt like the Lord was had had moved on my heart to ask of you a very tall order, okay? So um, I asked you, above and beyond your tithe, the tithe, what's the tithe? 10%. Which, which 10%? The first 10%. The first fruits belong to the Lord, okay? So above and beyond the tithe, I asked our church last week to come to the table and give an additional, above the tithe, an additional $9,000. These, these monies were broken up in this way. Every dime goes overseas, right? We only need $5,000 more to complete the church that we're building in the Dominican Republic. So that's $5,000, okay? And then I was wanting to send $1,500 to three different people, um, two pastors. One pastor is in Uganda. The other pastor is in, uh, um, is in uh, the Philippines, Pastor Ariel Abragina. And then an, another dear friend is almost like a son of mine. I feel like he's a son of mine. His name is Haslam Troport. And Haslam is a, is a Haitian that lost his family in the earthquake. And we have just, we have just grown to love him. He's, he's one of us, right? He's one of us. And many of you have met him. And, uh, and he was in a tough, tough way. And so I felt like the Lord was saying, send him 50. I, well, I, actually, I did. I said, what business can we start so that you can make a living and take care of your family? And he's opening up a shop now because of your generosity. So I wanted to send him 1500 bucks. Now, don't clap yet. I'm not done yet. Don't steal the, the, the apex, the thunder of what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm nervous. I'm coming in. In our leadership team, um, last Sunday before service, I'm like, I got a tall order. I'm going to ask our church to not only tithe, but I'm going to ask them to give an additional $9,000 to take care of these needs that the Lord has put on my heart. Every dime's going overseas and going to take care of. And then I put it before you, and, uh, and over 15000 bucks came in for the offering, for the offering, right? So, check this out. Um, the churches, the monies are all raised to finish the church that Grace Church is building in the Dominican Republic. I was able to send my good friend Haslam $2,000 because of your generosity. I was able to send Pastor Ariel Abergina, which is a good friend of mine. I've preached a youth conference over there. Uh, over 1,000 kids would come every single night. Uh, in the Philippines, and uh, we were able to send them $2,000. And then my dear friend, my dear, dear friend that pastors a church in Uganda, we were able to send them $2,000. And we've got more that we get to figure out where we're going to give it in the mission field. Now, listen, um, 
one of the ways that I think we need to give, and we'll, we'll get it figured out. You don't even have to worry about it. Every dime's going overseas. But we have more kids. This church sponsors about 60 kids, 55, 60 kids, something like that, through One Child Matters. Covers their, their medical, their, their food, their education. Uh, they learn about Jesus. Um, and we've got some kids on our website, and we could take some of that money and just cover however many kids for the whole year um, just to make sure that they're well taken care of. But I just now, I want you to give the Lord a hand clap and give yourself a huge hand clap as well. Um, go ahead and bring down the lights and take a look at these short videos. I had these guys shoot a thank you to you. Come on, that's good. So <clears throat> right now I'm working on um, sponsoring Pastor Moses to come uh, to the States. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that, but uh, uh, we're, we're hopefully going to have him in September. This will be his first trip to the United States. We will be his host church, host, host family, and then I will work diligently to try to get him into some different, um, different churches um, in the United States and then through our relationships so that, so that we can gain even some more support for the incredible work that's going on there in Uganda. And so be prayerfully considering that. And uh, let's give God just a hand clap one more time for his goodness. All right. <clears throat> so today, today, um, the title of my message is Live by Faith Every Day. Somebody say every day. Not every other day. Not most days, but every day. Come on, we have to live by faith every single day. Today we're going to be talking about the topic of healing. And this topic can be very controversial amongst Christians. Like there's a lot of Christians that believe that healing is for us today. And there's a lot of Christians, there's a lot of people that believe that it's not really for us today. That it really kind of stopped with the last apostles and it stopped when the Bible was finished uh, you know, being written. And, um, and, and so we're going to dive into this a little bit and give, um, you know, be able to answer the question, if, if you go to Grace Church, what does Grace Church believe about healing? How many of you are excited? Yeah. I'm excited. All right, let's go ahead and turn our Bible to the book of James, chapter 5, verse 13. We're going to bring this to a close today. It says this, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. I'm going to pause right there for a second. You're like, if you keep pausing, we're never going to get through this. Um, but we did 21 days of prayer. Every single year, the first 21 days of the year, January 20 or 1 through 21, we set aside for prayer and fasting. And um, we had some powerful, incredible things that happened during that time. But I'm telling you, I believe that that is seed in the ground that, that pays dividends throughout the whole year because it's kind of like giving God the first fruits. And so, so anyway, it's been so powerful over the past 10 years that we've been doing this, nine years, however long it's been. We're going to also take an additional time frame, probably July, August, or September, and we're going to mark out another 21 days. But instead of having it from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., in the morning, which some of you have said, you know what, I would be there, Pastor, but there's just no way. No way the kids are. Now, listen, we have listened and we are, we are responding. We're going to do it probably at 7 o'clock till 8 o'clock p.m. So all those folks that were not able to make it in the morning, you'll be able to make it in the evening. Praise the Lord. All right. So anyway, that's going to be super exciting. And uh, be looking uh, for that. But, uh, but it says, is anybody in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise, the Bible says. Songs of praise is a type of prayer as well. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now listen, we practice this here at Grace Church, but we don't practice it near enough. You know, I remember when I first came to the Lord. Uh, it seemed like everybody had these vials, and I'm like, how do I get one of them vials? You know, everybody had a vial, and they were slapping oil on people all the time and praying for them. Uh, now, I probably got a little out of hand because I know of a couple people that got the whole vial poured over their head like Aaron did. You know what I mean? It was dripping off their beard and ran down their, 
And, um, and, and we don't want to do that. But I'm just telling you there's power in prayer and there's power in anointing people. Come on, with oil and praying. And we just need to exercise this more than what we do. Typically, how we've done it in the past is somebody comes up. Hey, pastor, could you anoint me? Or hey, one of the elders, could you anoint me with oil and pray for me? And I just think we need to do a better job of it. We're going to practice this more. We're going to teach our prayer team. You know what I mean? To be ready. We will equip them with some good oil, something that smells real good. Somebody say amen. Um, and, and we're going to use it and we're going to we're going to we're going to follow the word of the Lord even more so. So it goes on to say, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, listen, I believe that healing is multifaceted and God's plan for healing is not just to take away the ache in your knee. However, I believe that that is for you. And I believe that 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 some of us have emotional scars and we've been through some tragic things. You know what I mean? In life and 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 God wants to heal you and can heal you from that. I believe that sin is another area that we need healing. And this is why it says, confess your sin to somebody that you may be healed. You see, I believe there's a lot of people that are forgiven because if you confess your sins to the Lord, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Amen. But you're still dealing with the broken heart because you have failed to, to, to find somebody that you can confide in, not somebody's. Find somebody that's trustworthy. God knows the churches has had too many issues where something was shared in secret and then all of a sudden the whole stinking church knows about it because it hit the church prayer chain and the prayer chain was a gossip chain and not a prayer chain. Come on. Let's, it's the truth. Let's not be that church. Let's not be that people. So find a person that you can feel comfortable and confident with and have them to pray for you. I believe that your confession and that prayer, there's healing to be found in that. It goes on to say this, that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So what do we believe as a church when it comes to healing? Before I answer that question, it's, it's amazing to me that big church, and I'm not talking Grace Church, I'm not talking Grace Church plus the church down the road, I'm talking big church, like the church, the church universal. You know what I mean? We've got some of these truths proper and some of these truths correct, but we, we have groups that, that take things to the extreme, right? These are the, these are the name it, claim it groups, the blab it and grab it groups. If I say it, I can receive it. And, and the problem is, is that whenever you get caught up in, in these extremes and you, you come to the Lord with incredible faith and, and you're believing for something super specific and it does not happen, then what happens is, is you go away injured and ruined. And honestly, if I'm just going to be 100% honest, I believe that there are people in this room that at one point you believed that healing was powerful and it was for today. But because you prayed a specific prayer and it did not happen, now it's so easy just to jump into the camp and say, you know what? God doesn't do that anymore. That ended with the apostles. It ended at this time and it was for a certain reason. It was for a certain season and it just doesn't happen today. And I'm challenging you in your thinking, if that is you, come on to think bigger. Because I believe that God is going to show some things today. So when you don't get what you said, something went wrong, come on, you start feeling bad about yourself. And also other people that are in this camp, they're like, well, he must have sin in his life. Or, well, he just didn't pray with enough faith. I had uh, I had one person challenge me on how I baptize people, what I say when I baptize people. And, and they challenged me, you know, what do you say? And it was a little bit different than what they say. And so what they have done is they've applied a, a uh, what's that word, Matthew? They, 
What's that word? You weren't paying attention. You don't need. No, no. What, 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 what was that? What's that word? They've applied us in uh, the equation or a or a formula. They applied a formula to salvation. And so if the pastor doesn't say just the right things, that poor sucker's not going to make it to heaven. Like there's a lot of responsibility that we carry. You know what I mean? We'll keep you right out of heaven. Come on. I believe this. That come on, you are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. This is an act of obedience. If I flub it up, if I don't say something exactly right, come on, God's still going to, come on, he started this, the, the work in your life far before you entered into the water. Amen? And so, and so we get in these systems where it's like, well, brother, you just must not have prayed the, the formula properly. You must not have prayed it correctly. And, and boy, you should go back to the drawing table and say it like this or, or say it like that. And I'm just telling you that people get injured that way. So, so you've got the name it, claim it, grab it, have it group. And then on the other side, you've got those people that says, you know what? God doesn't do that anymore. In fact, you, you might not even say it out loud, but you yourself don't even feel comfortable praying a prayer for somebody to receive healing because God doesn't do that anymore. Like, check this out. He used to be the great physician, but he's not the great physician anymore. He just stopped doing that. And I'm just saying this, that if Jesus has healed one person since the last apostle, then he is still a healer, right? And we have no problem going back. We have zero problem going back. Therefore, confess your sins and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We have no problem also saying the Lord raised them off. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Like some people have no problem with him forgiving the sins, but we can't stretch it to the point where he's going to heal your sickness in your body. And I'm just saying, listen. The problem with this group of people is my Bible doesn't say that it stopped. In fact, what the Bible says is that greater things, and this is the thing, in these camps where people don't heal no more, in these camps they explain it away, well, that healing used to be this, but now it means this complete different thing over here, right? Like salvation and eternity. Listen, he was talking about forgiveness of, of, of sins. I'm stuttering up here. Blah, 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 blah. So I believe he heals, and this church believes that he is a healer today. So my big question, you can't, you can't make a statement and not follow it up with a question. So, Pastor, if he heals, why doesn't he heal every time? Well, I've given a lot of thought to this. I wasn't going to come to this gunfight with no bullets. I've given a lot of thought to this, and I've got a long answer if you're willing to stick around and listen to it. Why doesn't he heal all the time then? Are you ready? This is my answer. I have no idea. I don't know. I have no clue why he heals and then it seems like he doesn't heal. I have no clue. While, while I've seen, like there's no question in my mind, I've seen God do miracles, but why this, it'll happen here, but it won't happen here. But all I do know is I know that God always does the right thing. Regardless of how it looks for us, God is always right and he always does the right thing. And he's never wrong and he's never taken off guard. Right? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. It requires faith. Somebody say faith. faith. Now whisper faith. faith. Say it loud. Faith. Now whisper it, faith. I have no idea why I'm doing this, but it sounds really cool from where I'm at. <laughs> faith, it requires, it requires faith. It absolutely requires something of you. Now listen, I all the time talk about how simple of a person I am. I am a very simple person. I, I, I don't think at high levels, and I'm happy to be right here. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to expand. I want to understand more. But this is the beauty about being a simple person. 
The beauty about being a simple person is I don't have to have the answers. And I'm quite fine with not having the answers. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't study to show ourselves approved. That we shouldn't, you know, be a good workman trying to divide, you know what I mean, what's right and what's wrong. We need to do that. But I'm telling you this, I don't care how smart you are, and I don't care how high of a level of a thinker you are, there is absolutely no way possible that you're going to understand the mind of God on everything. It's impossible. And so on those things where people say, hey, Pastor, what do you think about this? I'm like, dang, man, that's a dang good question. I don't know. Go to, I may send somebody you know, to go talk to somebody else, or I may say, listen, I'll find out, and, or maybe we can just kind of figure it out together, but in these areas where, where, you know what I mean, where I can't explain it, I'm completely fine with that, but some people, they have to have a legitimate answer for every single, th- I was watching a documentary on, on, I don't know if it was YouTube or what, but but they were talking about the, you know, the Red Sea and the, you know, being led out of Egypt and, and you know, the parting of the Red Sea. And they were saying, listen, the, the reason why I was able to do this is because this was a shallow area. And, 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 and this is kind of, you know, where the, there's a raise, you know, in the, in the, you know, the topography of the, of the, the bottom of the ocean and then, boy, when the earth just tilts just a little, a little bit, then, then the wind blows. The wind blows. The wind has to blow. They got a bad windstorm at this time. And then all of the sudden, at that perfect time, because of all these things that are just natural, they happen to just line up, then there was a separation of this body of water. And the children of Israel, they were able to walk over on dry ground. And then there was just a crazy, it was bad for the Egyptians. It was just bad timing. It was bad timing. They, when the last Israelite was, was across, come on, then all of the sudden, you know what I mean? The earth shifted back just a little bit and all that water came crashing in. And that is why there was the parting of the Red Sea. I'm like, why are you going to put that much work into it? Why don't you just believe that it was just a miracle? I mean, really, why don't you just believe that it was that it was a miracle? I believe that God is a miracle making God and he does things that doesn't make sense, nor will it ever make sense. To your mind. Number one is this. God is still in the business of healing people. I have prayed radical prayers and I'm so grateful that those radical prayers were answered by a miracle of people being healed. I've shared many of them with you. There was a lady that was going in for heart surgery. I prayed for her. I prayed a big prayer for her. I said, Lord, this was big. She's going into heart surgery next morning. They told her, they said, listen, pack a bag. Pack a bag. Is Shirley Brashears in here? Shirley was with me. She's first service. Um, pack a bag. They told this lady, pack a bag because you don't know how long you're going to be there. I prayed, uh, 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 laid my hand on this lady, and I prayed, Lord, I don't need, and I, I was like scared after I prayed it. When she goes in there, let them not see anything wrong with her heart. Send her home. So I forgot about it. We, this was the night before. She was afraid. She goes in. They send her home the next day. I forgot about it. I get this phone call. Uh, hey, pastor, you know what you prayed last night? They were going to send me home. Uh, I was going in for a scheduled heart surgery. They sent me home. I was like, really? <laughs> they really did? So I had enough faith to ask, but I was still completely shocked that they, that they did that. that and, and, and that happens most of the time. Like, I got the faith to ask it, but I'm always surprised when God does it. You know, it's just the craziest thing. But I prayed radical prayers, and, um, and, and, and I know that God does miracles. But once again, there's a lot of people that believe that miracles stopped, and, and I just don't believe it says that. Hebrews 13, 8 says, this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And listen, I've been messed up too. There was a good friend of mine, really dear friend that I used to ride motorcycles with. 
a lot, a bunch of guys, but Don Christensen was our worship pastor at the church that we had come from. And uh, this guy was, uh, uh, he never touched a cigarette, never drank a drop of alcohol, lived his life incredible, um, very athletic, played a lot of softball with him. And, uh, and at 52 years old, he, you know, he gets cancer and it takes him quickly and he dies. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, he got cancer. We're praying and we're praying and, and, and we're believing. I have never prayed such a, such a, a I just knew that I knew that I knew that God was going to raise him up. And guess what? He didn't. He died. And so now I had to contend with God. I have prayed stronger for this guy with more faith for this guy and nothing it didn't happen. It didn't happen. He, did, he died. And it really messed me up for a period of time. But then I was like, you know what? I have to trust in God's sovereignty. But see, the problem is, is once again, many people, they will find themselves in that same situation when God doesn't do what it is that they asked him to do the way that they asked him to do it. They will take themselves out of the camp of believing and put themselves in the camp because it's the only thing that makes sense that he must not do that anymore. And I'm just saying you still have to contend for the faith, even whenever it doesn't show up the way that you may want it to show up. The Bible says this, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 18, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So which one is it? Is he going to deliver me from every evil attack or is he going to bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom? It's both. See, sometimes you have to understand. We've got to come to the place of understanding and realizing that sometimes the best answer is heaven. The best answer. See, we don't understand what that's like, but the Lord gave me a little bit of insight when I did the service for my, my dad when he passed away about a year and a half ago. I've got my family sitting out there, and the Lord just dropped this in my heart to share as an encouragement with my family that, hey, listen, if dad was given the opportunity to come back because he gave the Lord the last 15 years of his life, the, they, they were the best years, loved God, served the Lord. And I just felt like the Lord just impressed on my heart. If dad was able to come back, he would say, nope, they'll be here soon enough. So we, we approach death as if it's some horrific, tragic thing that happens, but let me just remind you that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I and my father and that you might be there also. Like this is the eternity. This is no pain, no sickness. Come on, no shame, no guilt, no condemnation, right? There's no, there's no fear. There's no anxiety. There's no depression, right? This is the place where, where it's like all of the stuff that you're working through, you're working out your salvation in, with fear and trembling and you're and you're studying you're showing yourself approved and you're and you're believing that that salvation comes by grace through faith of those that believe in Jesus Christ right like this is the gold medal this thing that we're all so afraid of and i'm just telling you this that we ought not to be that afraid of it if you're in the Lord. Now, if you're not in the Lord, you ought to be deathly afraid. And if you don't know the Lord now, you ought to be very concerned because when he comes back or you go to him, there's no other options. What you, how you spent your life here determines where you spend it there. Right? And so that should really concern you, but it ought not really concern you. It should be real celebration when somebody does go to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So Ernie Hall, Ernie, how many of you remember Ernie? Ernie was just such a dear friend to so many of us. I want you to know that last night I got a phone call and Ernie has gone to be with the Lord. He he passed away last last night, uh, late, late, late last night. And um, so one year ago, one year ago, about to the day, Ernie called me up and he said, hey, pastor, he, he moved his his wife passed away and then he moved to the Washougal, Washington area and um, and moved over there because his son, Greg, is there and his wife and he's just got family. It just made sense. Right. And uh, and so he called me a year ago. He said, pastor, bad news. 
I'm like, what's up, Ernie? He said, man, I got cancer. And I said, bro, listen, I'm coming. I'm coming. Just give me a couple of weeks, and, and I'll be there. I had to arrange some things. And, um, and by the time two weeks passed, he had done some aminotherapy sessions, aminotherapy and, uh, and, and it just gave him a brand new lease on life. He just rebounded. We went bowling. We went out to eat. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. Just get a catch up. But God, I really felt like God, you know, we put him on the prayer chain. I really felt like God just healed him, right? And, and gave, him, gave him, you know, some, some, some more time. Well, well, Friday, today's Sunday, Friday, I get a call. And it's Ernie. It's like really weak voice. He's like, hey, Pastor T. I'm like, yeah, man. He says, it's not good. I said, what's going on? He said, well, the aminotherapy has caused a lung disease in my, in, my, in my lungs that they don't have treatment for. They don't have an answer for. And he said, he said I probably only got about three or four weeks left. And I said, Ernie, this was the day before yesterday. I said, Ernie, I'll be there Monday. I'm going to preach Sunday. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there Monday. And he took me, I was just trying to make light, hard conversation. And he took me out to a sick restaurant. Like, the, it's like Sophie's here, but it's there. And I'm like, listen, bro, I'm going to go to that restaurant. And I'm going to pick up all that good food that we ate. And we're going to have a meal. And we're going to hang out. And he was just weak. And so anyway, before I left the conversation, I just reminded him who he was in the Lord. I was like, Ernie. You and Kathleen have given your hearts to Jesus. You have served people. You remember Ernie? He, he's the one-arm Ernie, the, the hook man, right? He had a hook. How cool is that, man? That is the coolest thing. He would sit at the front door. Kids, the first time that they would see that hook, they would, some of them would just break down crying. And, and he, would, he would just walk up to them and say, look, it's not that bad. And next thing you know, they're putting their finger in the hook. And then all the kids after that, they're coming to church like this. You know, they're, they're like coming ready to, ready. where's that guy with the hook that's going to pinch my finger, right? I mean, this is Ernie, man. He just loved people, loved, never wasted, never wasted a day. And I just remind, I had the ability to remind him of that. And I reminded him of, um, of the promise that comes after the transition. And he was not afraid one bit. He was not, he had no anxiety. He was just like, I'm ready, I'm ready. Well, he tells me, yeah, Pastor, I got about two, three weeks. I said, listen, I'm coming Monday. Well, Greg, his son, calls me right back after he's out of Ernie's earshot. And he said, you know how positive Ernie, he always thinks of the best. He's not going to make it two, three weeks. He'll be lucky to make it throughout the rest of this week. And I said, brother, listen, I'm there. I'll be there Monday. And he called me late last night, almost midnight last night. And he said, I want you to know, with a smile in his voice, and, and kind of a sad, but a smile, he said, I want you to know that that dad went to be with the Lord. And, he, and this is what he said, kind of choked up. He said, uh, he said, I think he just missed Kathleen, which had just died a couple years earlier, you know, a few years earlier. And, uh, and they're together now. And it was peaceful, Pastor. Just the way that you prayed is exactly how he went out in peace. You know, no pain, no anxiety. And I was able to celebrate with him, with his son at that moment. And I said, listen, Whatever we can do. He said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do our, we're going to celebrate his life back in Idaho. And I said, we're ready. You just let me know when we're ready. So we will be doing a celebration service for Ernie Hall um, probably in the spring sometime. But this is the crazy thing that, 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 that you got to also ask. Okay, so if God saved him a year ago and healed him, why didn't he heal him for 10 years? Why, why was it just for, you know, why was it just for a year? Why couldn't it have been for another 20 years? I have no idea. But I guarantee you this, that one year that was given to Ernie, I promise you it was spent well. And whatever it is that he needed to do or accomplish, spending time with his family, I guarantee you he spent it well. See, we have to, we have to trust God at his word and not just trust him with our intellect. Number two is this. God cares about my soul and he cares about yours, too. 
He cares about our soul. We put so much into this temporary tent. We buy insurance, right? We, we, we buy gym memberships. Um, you know, we, we watch what we eat, right? We get, you know, I, I just got a nutritionist that's been super helpful, you know, for me. Um, we put locks on our doors. We do everything to protect this thing. But I'm telling you what, what matters most is our soul and our spirit, right? We should take care of our bodies. We're only given one of them. I can tell you this, if I could go back knowing what I know today, I would have taken a lot better care of my body when I was younger. Come on, somebody that's got some aches and pains and every single time that you're like, ooh, ow. Mm. All right. So uh, Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 10 says, don't be afraid of the one that can kill your body. Fear the one that can throw your body and soul into hellfire. That's a that's a that's pretty straightforward. So the real miracle happens when somebody is forgiven like that is the biggest miracle of all miracles. Right. When we are forgiven of our sins, Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, which is a symbol. Both of these are symbols of the demonic. Uh, and to overcome all power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. But check this out. It says, however, do not rejoice that spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Like, like don't, don't rejoice and think it's incredible that spirits listen and they, and they obey and you have authority. But, but really what you should celebrate at is that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You see, there is a book up there right now, and it either has your name in it or it doesn't. And if it does have your name in it, then you will spend all time and eternity with Jesus. If it doesn't, then you won't. And that's a very sobering statement, but it's true. Not everybody is going to go to heaven. The only way to get to heaven is through the Son, which is Christ Jesus. And you have to know Him. you got to go beyond just believing that He exists. Like, you have to know Him. And you need to really ask yourself, do I know Him? And if you don't, you need to know Him. Because He definitely, He, he, he wants that more than, more than we realize. Alright, number three is this. God's plan for me is to grow in faith. You're on a faith journey. I'm on a faith journey. I want to read something to you. Hebrews 11:6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must first believe that he exists, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently or earnestly seek him. So James now jumps back, come on to a story that happened in the book of Kings, right? He jumps back to a story about a prophet by the name of Elijah. James 5.17 says this. Elijah was a human being even as we are. Now I want to pause there just for a second. This guy was a miracle master. He did big, big, big things. You know, as the Spirit of God came upon him, spoke to him. Come on, he was faithful and obedient and incredible things happened. But I think it's crazy. It says Elijah was a human being just as we are. And that's the truth. He prayed earnestly. This is one miracle he did. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. So why was that? Because there was a war going on between these people and, the, and King Ahab and, 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 and his people. And, and, and this, is, this is when the big battle of Elijah and the, and the 400 prophets of Baal and the 450 prophets of uh, Asherah, right, this is whenever he's chanting, and just read the story. You know what it says. Okay, check it out. Just search on Google, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, okay? And it's a great, great read. So it says that he prays that it would not rain for three and a half years. And again, in verse 18, it says, and he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. And all I'm saying to you is that it was not that smooth, it wasn't like he prayed and then it stopped raining and then he prayed and then it rained again. It wasn't that smooth because Elijah, just like you and I, was on a faith journey. He was on a faith journey. It just didn't happen so simply. They were saving words so you didn't have extra pages in your Bible, I think. I don't know. But, but he was on a faith journey. And so number one, 
Faith begins with a word from God. The Bible has thousands of promises, and the best thing that you can do is read your Bible and begin to ask God what promises are in his word are for you. And take them and put them on your refrigerator, memorize them, put them on your heart, right? Put them on your mirror, but just say, you know what? This is what the Lord says in his word, and this is what I believe the Lord is saying about me. Right. Romans 10 says this faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God. Right. So find some promises and stick to them. So now. So in James, he references this thing that happened all the way back at at a different time. Right. But he didn't fill in the details in James. So let's go to first Kings and find the details out. First Kings, chapter 17 and verse one, it says now Elijah the Tishbite, because he was from Tishbe in Gilead, that's funny, said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who I serve, there will neither be dew or rain in the next few years except by my word. So he's like, listen, right now the rain's done. And the only way that the rain and dew's coming back is whenever I say it's going to come back. That's what he said. It's a prophecy, right? So he had gotten this word from God. He didn't have the ability in himself. God showed him just like Jesus said, I don't go and I don't do and I don't see unless the father lead me. Elijah was under the authority of of God, giving him this vision in his heart. And I'm just saying this. Listen, church, I want you all to look at me just real quick. Every single promise of God comes to pass. And right now you're like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, because I've stood on the promises of God and it didn't come to pass. And I'm just saying this, that while it doesn't seem like it may have come to pass, I promise you, I really believe this with all my heart, that when you get to heaven and your veil is lifted, like right now you see through a glass dimly, at that moment your understanding is going to be so open and you're going to see things so clearly. And you're going you're gonna to look back on situations in your life, I believe, and you're going to be like, whoa, that, that's why that happened that way. That's amazing. Now I, it, it makes total sense. But now you're frustrated because what you prayed and how you prayed, didn't, it didn't turn out the way that you asked or you believed it was going to turn out. I believe that when you stand face to face with God, you're going to be like, oh, man, I see. First, John says your eyes will be opened and you will see the truth. Oh, you really were at work. Oh, man, if you would have done that like I asked, then it would have caused all these other. Oh, that makes total sense. Isaiah 55, 11 says this. So is my word. It goes out from my mouth and it will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire. And this is the thing. It says what I desire. It doesn't say what you desire. Sometimes your desires are in exact opposition of what God desires. And then it goes on to say, and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So number two, speeding up just real quick. Faith requires you to protect this promise. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but some of you have been given promises that, that, that intellectually you just kind of let go because things happened that didn't make sense. Some of you have been given promises that you shared um, just flippantly with, with somebody else, and they told you that you were absolutely nuts and crazy, and there's no way that that's going to happen. And so you believe them instead of believe God. And some of you have given up on the promises because of your own self. You're your own worst enemy. God said, I'm going to do this with your life. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. And then all of a sudden, you started talking yourself out of why that wasn't going to happen. Right. So whatever you're believing God for, you must protect it. you got to fight for it. So listen, back to our Elijah story. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to walk downstairs. I'm going to park right here. Camera people. I'll be right back. So this this is how this is how this actually played out. In first Kings doesn't talk about it in James. So three and a half years goes by. Elijah goes up on the mountain. He's got a servant with him. The Bible says that he sits down and he probably cups his face 
in his hands and he's looking towards the ground and he's earnestly praying to the Lord to bring the rain, to bring the rain, to bring the rain. He tells his servant, he said, I want you to hike all the way over there, all the way over there. You hike, you go, and you look towards the ocean. Why? Because the storms roll in off of the ocean. You go, you hike over there. I'm going to pray. So he finishes praying. He's like, hey, hey. The servant comes running over, exhausted. And Elijah's like, what'd you see? Nothing. Go back. So Elijah, he puts his hands in his face and he's praying. God, please bring the rent. God, I trust you. You gave me this word. You gave me this vision. He's just contending. He's interceding. Come on. He is, he is standing in the gap. He is contending. He's fighting. And then he's like, hey. He runs all the way back over, exhausted, about rageous to fall out. What would you see? Nothing. <laughs> Go back. This happens six times. Six times. Isn't it crazy that we pray one time and we're done? You know what? God must not be listening or I must I must got sin in my life or I'm just not praying properly. We pray one time and it doesn't work and we absolutely give up. Elijah, this man of God that's on the same kind of a faith journey that you and I are on, that, is, that has done incredible miracles and heard incredible things, served many kings, right? He is on the faith journey as well. Go back, go back six times. Nothing, 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 nothing. The seventh time, the guy comes back and he's like, I see this small hand in the sky. It's as small as a man's hand. He's like, that's it. That's it. Go tell Ahab. Go, you know. And then all of a sudden, I'll read it to you. I don't need to tell you anymore. <laughs> Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. He went up and looked. There's nothing there. He said seven times. Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. I love the perseverance. But let me ask you a question. It's the same kind of question like, why doesn't God heal every time? Why didn't God do it the first time? There's got to be something to be learned in and through perseverance in and through faith, are you going to give up the first time that you deal with the rejection? Now, listen, I know some of you guys are better salesmen than anybody thought you were. And I can tell because of the woman that's sitting next to you. And I can promise you some of you had to deal with rejection once, twice, maybe three times. But you were persistent. You were like, nope, you're mine. You just don't know it yet. I'm just saying that there's something to be said about, about trusting God. Galatians, you know, chapter 6 and 9, don't be, become weary in doing good for a proper time. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Don't give up is the, is the key phrase there. Number three, faith in God starts small but often leads to greatness. So the first time, no cloud. Second time, no rain. Third time, no rain. Sixth time, no rain. Seventh time, small cloud. Come on, it's a process, right? Go back to our story, 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 45. Meanwhile, now listen, so my number three point is going to be shown right here. Faith in God starts small, but often leads to greatness. Meanwhile, the skies grew black with clouds. And so it started with this tiny little bitty hand. But in a moment's time, and over time, they grew black with clouds and the wind rose up and heavy rains came on Ahab as he rode off to Jezreel, the power of the Lord came upon Elijah, tucking his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Listen, I'm telling you what, the power of God will oftentimes bring the supernatural, even if it seems like it's in the super small or the super big. It's still supernatural. Amen. Zechariah says this. Uh, 4 and verse 10, don't despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. 
I'm going to read this real slow. Pay attention to every word. Don't despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. You know what we love? We love to see the end product. You know, I remember when the Lord said it's time to build the, the, the lobby. We built the lobby. We celebrated when the lobby was complete. I remember when the Lord put on my heart, it's time to build the sanctuary that you're sitting in right now. I remember the first service, the big celebration of that service. And, 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 and it, was, it was awesome. We love the end result. God loves the simple fact that we just started. Let me read it again. You are not excited like I am. Don't despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He loves that you, you have the faith enough to start, and he loves that, that, that whenever, whenever problems arise, you have the faith to keep going, right? I love that. Elijah, I believe, was closer to God when he had his hands in his face than he was whenever he heard that there was a small cloud in the sky. There's something about pressing and, 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 and just believing and contending, and, and it does something. We connect with God in ways that we just don't. It's the same thing when somebody's sick, when somebody gets the C word, the cancer word. It's incredible how, how that person will just go before the Lord, and they will plead to God, and they will pray to God with great faith, and in and through that, somewhere, most of the time, they'll come to a place that's like, man, I don't know if God's going to save me or not, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm good either way. I'm still trusting for, I'm believing for, but something happens in the trenches of just pursuing God and getting the heart of God. Think about this. How many of you have children? You got children? How crazy would it be for you to have a baby and then all of a sudden, boom, you're giving that baby away in marriage? It's like you had the baby. Okay, the baby's grown up immediately. Boom, you're sending the baby off. No, man, the blessing is even in the problems. The blessing is even in the, the sleepless nights where you're wondering, you know what I mean, how your kid's doing and, and if they're if they're all right. The blessing is even even, you know, holding their hair back when they're getting sick in the toilet. The blessing is, come on, going to the, the, the first whatever. Right. I mean, how crazy would it be? This beautiful little girl. How old is she? Two. And then the other one. Two months or a month. So how crazy would it be? Well, we had him. Here you go. Jake. Take them. No, man, the blessing is in the raising. The blessing is in the time spent. And some of you are like, I got one that I'd be fine just to give them away. You know what I mean? Speed it up, Lord. Double time, double time. Um, and fast forward. All right, I'm closing. This is my last scripture of this nine-part series. James 5 and 19 says this. My brothers and sisters... If any one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. I love that this is how this whole book ends because James is telling us don't forget that this whole thing, like the most important thing, is eternal life. It's the most important thing. And some of you, you, like, you know that your name is written in that book. But I just wonder, some of you may not know if your name is written in that book. And that is the, that's the only time to be concerned, you know, really concerned, because he died for you. He gave his life for you. And there's going to be a time when you stand before the Lord and you're, I believe, that one of the questions might be something like this. I gave you my son. What did you do with him? He died on a cross for you. What did you do with him? You don't want to be part of the camp that just rejected him and rejected him. It blew me away. I rejected God many, many times before I finally surrendered my life to him. I rejected him, rejected him. Why? Because I wanted to do my own thing. I rejected him, rejected So for somebody 
Come on, to not come to a place of surrender, they intentionally have to be running away from the Lord, period. Because God's not a respecter of persons. And if he reached out to me as many times as he reached out to me and I just rejected him, rejected him, rejected him, then somebody really has to be intentional about not having anything that they want to do with Jesus. And I'm just saying, listen, it is vitally important that you not just believe in him, but you know him. And if you don't know him, you can know him today. You can start that relationship today and it will grow throughout the rest of your days that you're given here. It might be 50 years, might be a day, it might be a few minutes. But I'm just telling you this, if you don't know Jesus, hell is a very real place. And I don't I don't say that to play on your emotions In fact, the church, if we were going to be accused of anything, it would be softening everything else up because we come out of a season of, you know, people before us, everything was about hellfire. You're going to hell. Like I grew up in a a church from week to week. I didn't know if I was saved or not. Like that's the wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. But I'm just telling you that hell is real. And it was not created for you, but when you reject the greatest gift that's ever been given to man, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified, God manifest in the flesh, came, died on a cross, willfully died so that you can believe in him, receive him and live. At the moment that you say, yes, Lord, forgive me of my sins, come into my life, give me your spirit. There's some penmanship that's taken place in that book. And your name is in that book. Amen. And I'm just saying, listen, don't wait. If you don't know, take care of it now. How do you do that, Pastor? The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. See, you just you can't just say, yeah, I believe in God, because even the devil and the demons believe. Right. But they have no relationship with him. You have to believe it and receive it. God, I confess you. Please forgive me of my sins. Please come into my life. You are the only begotten of the Father. You were born of a virgin Mary. You you lived a sinless life. 33 years on this planet. Did not sin once. No man took your life. The Romans are blamed for it. The Jews are blamed for it. But no man took your life. You willfully laid it down because you were the blood atonement, the sacrifice that was, you know, the perfect sacrifice that was needed that anybody that would receive you and believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. The best story in the world is the story, and there's so many more details, but you have to believe in him, but you also have to receive him. You have to say, I don't want to be the boss of my life anymore, because if you want to be the boss of your life, then he is not your Lord. And he requires to be your Lord, to be your Savior. We love the idea of save me, save me, save me. I want to spend time in eternity. You know, I heard it's a great place. But if he's not your Lord, then you're not saved. And this is a wrestling match, back and forth. There are times where I pick up my own life and I'm like, I want a battling ram and I'm going to do it. And then I repent. And I say, God, I'm so sorry. My life isn't my own. It's been purchased with an incredible price. The blood of Jesus Christ. It belongs to you. So I'm not saying that it's all clean and, and, and tidy. It's not clean. It's not tidy. But this is a walk with God. That when you begin it, the idea is to finish your course. Paul said, I've ran my race. I finished my course. That's what old Travis wants to hear. You ran your race. You finished your course. Well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. Is he going to say that about you? And if you don't know, you need to receive him. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't wait till tomorrow. I would do it right now. Right now. So if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, simple. Nobody's going to put pressure on you. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody is reading your mail. Nobody knows anything about you. But if you want to receive him right now, I'm going to ask you to stand with me.
right now. If you'd like to receive the Lord, stand with me. Amen. Praise the Lord, sir. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? So, so what this means is that, all, all, all right, in the back, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. What this means, that just before I, I don't want to move, yeah, come on, put your hands together. Um, what this means is everybody else is, is you're good, right? You're good. And, and you don't have to not be good just because I'm giving you a second chance to make sure you're good. But I, I know this, that as the Holy Spirit moves and works, there have been many times where God's told me to do something and I've not done it. And, and I just want to make sure we're clear, okay? Best thing that can happen. Is there anybody else that wants to give their heart to the Lord this morning and receive him as the Lord and Savior of your life? Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. I really appreciate that. That's, that's so good. Uh, can I just tell you, best decision you'll ever make. Yep. It'll be fun to see where your life, just, just how your life changes. It's going to be a better part. It's going to be a better version of what it is right now. I can promise you this. It's going to get better for you. Doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges, but it's going to get better. And listen, your name's written in that Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? You received the Lord. Awesome. So this is what we want to do. Tough. Awesome, man. God bless you, sir. It's a journey, right? Yeah. I want to encourage you because you, sir, are a lot like me. I'm going to give you a word right now, and that is this. You need to seek first the kingdom of God every single day in his righteousness. And you will become things in the Lord that you never thought you would become in life. But I'm going to tell you what was told to me because we got a lot of the same. We, we're just a lot alike, you and me. When you take your eyes off the Lord, the wheels are going to fall off every time. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Amen. And, and I want some men to gather around this young man right now, if you would. Just gather around him. Let him know that he's not alone. And, uh, and just and, and be a support to him. Um, this is a fine young man, and I really, really enjoy him. There's a, young man, there's a gentleman back there. I want some men to go back over in this corner with that gentleman. Please stand up, sir. Come on, guys, real quick, please, quickly. We're going to pray. Um, and then there was, a, there was a lady right here. Yep, we want some more ladies coming around. And then right here, yeah, this gentleman right here. Dave, would you please come up and, and be? All right. So listen, this is a simple thing we're going to do. We're just going to pray. We're going to pray that the Lord forgive us of our sins. Amen. So please repeat after me this promise. Lord, I thank you for loving me so well. I thank you, Lord, for not giving up on me. Right now, Lord, I give you my heart. It seems like it's too simple to be true. But that man said, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, I will be saved. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe all that he said is true. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, to come into my life, and to be my boss, my Lord, and my Savior. Lord, I want my name written in that Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm asking you to do that right now. So that regardless of what happens to me, I know I will be with you for all eternity. And Lord, right now, I'm praying for the confidence to believe in that the days going forward. It's not my righteousness, but it's Jesus' righteousness. It's not how good I am but it's all about how good he is. And I receive that gift of life right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you empower me to answer the call that's been placed upon my life. Help me to say yes. Help me to go and to do what you call me to do. I thank you, and I love you, and I give my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give those people a high five and a hug. Let them know that they're not alone. And I'm asking you to do me a favor. I'm asking you to pray for them over this next week. And um, 
and, and let's, let's be a support to them. Amen? Do you know the Bible says that all heaven rejoices when one person gives their heart to Jesus, right? There's a, there's a, there's a great party going on in heaven right now. You know what? This is important, right? Amen. I love you guys. I'm praying for you. Let's pray for one another. Please pray for me. We need each other. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.